0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Stories by leaders, for leaders, to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. It's where we create synergy with a common vision. Center Vision is like ensemble in music or drama. We're back for this episode of the Nonprofit Exchange, and we have a great title, great title for today. What's so scary about asking for money? And our guest today is Susan Kahn. I'm going to ask Susan to tell a little bit about her background or experience and her passion for doing this work. So Susan, let us hear about you.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Hugh, for inviting me. It's really a pleasure and an honor to be here. And congratulations on hitting almost your 300th Podcast. That's very exciting. So, congratulations. Um, so, again, I'm Susan Khan. I'm the founder and principal of Sapphire Fundraising Specialists, which is a consulting firm for small to medium-sized nonprofits on their fundraising. And my background is in fundraising. I worked in the field and nonprofits across the country. I started in planned giving, and you know, which is a bit unique. Most people don't start in planned giving, but I I swear that the reason why. I got the job was because I wrote a thesis in college called Elderly Gossip in Retirement Communities. And my future boss, which at the time, she saw that uh, line on my resume and said, if she, this is her interest, she's got to come in and join our team. Um, so I owe her a lot, but I worked in fundraising for over a decade, had thousands of donor meetings, asked you know thousands of people for money over the years. Um, and I now work with uh, nonprofits to train their staff on how to be better fundraisers, how to strategize to have more sustainable funding. Um, Cause it's not just about getting a gift today, it's about figuring out how can you make your organization function and not worry about getting the gift from day to day. So I'm really excited to be here and and hear from you.
0: Well, there's a whole lot of, um shall we say, anxiety around raising money. Um, people, People say to me, oh, I hate asking for money. I'd rather do anything than ask for money. Consequently, they do everything else instead of ask for money, and then they complain that they're broke. So what is that about?
1: Well, you know, no one likes to be rejected, and no one likes to not know the answer. So I think a lot of times people go into a meeting with the donor, and I'm talking mainly with individual giving for today, but um, you know, people go into that meeting or they don't even wanna set the meeting because they're nervous that A, the person on the other side could say no to them, that maybe they even offend the person, how dare you ask me for this much money? Or that they ask a question that either the fundraiser or the executive director isn't prepared to answer or doesn't know how to answer. And that's really scary. And, you know, we're going to talk about today, well, what do you do instead? But, you know, if you reframe your mind a little bit of instead of you're asking for money from someone else, and maybe it'll go right, and maybe it'll go wrong. Instead of you think about, excuse me, excuse me. Instead, if you think about it as a way of talking with someone who also cares about what you do and you're giving them an opportunity to make a difference and you have a conversation with them. And yes, it might be a yes. And yes, it might be a no that the person says when you make an ask. But if you turn it instead of, you're having a conversation, two like-minded individuals. Um, and, 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 and at the end of the day, your organization, I'm gonna guess needs funding. Most organizations aren't one hundred percent funded and have excess and surpluses, and maybe you have an endowment, but what's the drawdown? And you know, you need—you're always going to need money. So, finding a way to tell people about what you do and why it matters—and that's really what fundraising is all about.
0: So, I think there's there's a stigma around money, and. and yes. I personally think it it starts with the word stupid word, nonprofit and okay. you know, puts us in this scarcity thinking. So how do we get out of this? It's a taboo topic. We don't want to talk about money. I certainly don't want to ask for money. How do we do a reset with that thinking?
1: I think it's, I think it's terrible branding to call some to call a nonprofit a nonprofit organization. You know I saw I've seen other people talk about this a lot, that you' you're defining it by what it's not. And that I think is something that we should all consider. And instead it's a mission focused organization or it's a organization with a social impact focus. And, it, you know, just sort of changing, you know, that's why I often just call it an organization, an organization instead of a nonprofit, because, you know, it's an organization focused on literacy, an organization focused on homelessness, an organization focused on health care, whatever it is, whatever the cause is, but you focus, you know, you put that name into it. And I think, yes, there's definitely a stigma around money. And I think sometimes people who go into the again, nonprofit, but this, this this sector often aren't going into it for the money. So then when they need to ask for the money, it, it doesn't feel good because they want to talk about the mission. They want to talk about what they're doing. They just want to go do it. They don't necessarily want to ask others to fund it.
0: And that's something we just got to deal with <laughs> yeah. because we're the leader and leaders make things happen. We had a guest a couple of years ago, um, who said, "You know, a, a for-profit company is about the profit. So mm-hmm. what we're running is a for-purpose company. Yes. And it is a business. So you were talking about common-mindedness with the donor. Now let's back up from that. You got a donor meeting, but there's some due diligence, some preparation. How do we?" Make sure we've got the right message? How do we make sure we know what the donor's interested in? You know, what are some of the prerequisites that need to happen before we have a face-to-face meeting?
1: Great question. I think it is so important in order to be successful with meeting with the donor that you come prepared because you may or may not have another opportunity to speak to this person. So you want to make sure you're ready. And um, there's a couple of things that I think are really important when you're talking about preparation one is preparing that you know what's going on with the organization and I know that may seem obvious but there are new things happening all the time are you prepared to talk about it whether that's a new you know uh, leader in the organization what are they bringing to the table a new initiative a new project if you've been in the news recently any of those things You know try to think from the donor's perspective what are they going to ask you about and if they google your organization what's the first news story or the first news story about the issue that you're coming that you're you know working on what's going on so be prepared with your organization's story and if you can also what are some success stories that you want to share you know we just accomplished this thing let me tell you about it this is a way to help show impact when someone makes a gift. You want to be prepared to show this is what we've done and this is what we're going to do next. So that's first. The second thing is also know your story, which I don't think people always think about, but I'll tell you in almost every donor meeting I've ever had, I'm asked, So. Susan, why are you involved with this? Like what brings you here? What brings you to the table? So you wanna be ready, because I'm gonna guess if you're working for this organization, you care about the mission, you're passionate about it, you're there to make a difference. Well, be ready to talk about it and share that so that you can build that rapport with the donor who also hopefully cares about the mission. So you have something in common. And then the final thing of course is researching the donor. Um, you want to know their giving history, of course, or any of their relationships with the organization that you work for. But also, again, can you look at their LinkedIn, their Facebook? Again, just a straight Google of of the person to understand who they are. Um, you know, to get a sense if their family, their business, their education. You know, maybe you know, I can't tell you how many times someone I met with they happened to go to the same university I did, and so we were able to talk about that. So try to find ways of 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 knowing who you're talking to before you even step into the room. And then one final thing I'll just say is that be ready with knowing what you're going to talk about in, in the meeting. So let's say you want to ask for a gift. Be ready to ask for that gift and know that you're not leaving that meeting until you ask that person for a gift. And of course, not every meeting is an ask. Sometimes you're there just to get to know them. Sometimes you're there because the person is upset about something. I mean, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had like that, where the donor calls, "I'm really upset about something. I want to talk to you." So you be ready to listen in that meeting and know that that's the goal is to listen and hear their feedback, try to make them feel better. Um, but be prepared with the agenda, and 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 enact that.
0: Your agenda is to walk out with a check. <laughs> So, so that's one scenario um, where you're working for the executive director, and you have to bone up on all the details of what's going on. Now, there's the other extreme. I'm a founder of a nonprofit. So we founders, we know everything about it. And we want to tell people everything about it, which reminds me of the story Zig Ziglar tells in his keynotes. He used to tell in his keynotes. The kid asks his, his dad, his mom, a question, and it could go either way. And mom says, Why don't you ask your father? And the kid says, Well, I don't want to know that much about it. So <laughs> we tend to talk ourselves out of the, the results by sharing too much. So, how much is enough?
1: That's a good point. You know, you, when you're meeting with a donor, as, as interesting as you, know, you and I are, and as interesting as you know, the people listening to this, it's not about us. It's not about us. And so most of the time should be spent listening, asking those open ended questions, getting to know them. um, And then, you know, hearing what they're saying and being responsive, of course. And if they ask, you know, tell me what's going on at XYZ nonprofit. Of course, you tell them your story, but you, you know, you then want to say, what do you think about that or what's your take on this and try to bring them in because you're right that when you found something, you're so passionate and excited about it, all you want to do is talk about it. But it, you know, no one's going into a meeting, listening, waiting for a lecture. They're they're looking for a conversation. And that's what these meeting, these fundraising meetings should be about is a conversation.
0: You heard it right here. Here's a soundbite. It's not about you. Yeah, it's about the donor, right?
1: About the donor. Absolutely.
0: And so we want to tell them everything before we've learned about them or demonstrated that we care about them or what they care about. So what is what is the worst thing you could do when asking a donor for a gift?
1: The, the worst thing is not asking. That's the absolute worst thing. It's just assuming that they know you need the funds. So not asking someone for a gift when you are intending to, that is the biggest mistake you can make. Um, because you again, you just can't assume that a donor knows you need the money. Um, you may come off and say, we're doing great and we're doing all this stuff and we just got this, you know, we just got this big gift from Mackenzie Scott and we're doing this, this, and this. At the same time, you may still be under budget and you may still be struggling. And the donor doesn't know unless you tell them. And this is an opportunity for them to help you. Um, and I'll also just say I've seen donors over the years be offended when they aren't asked for a gift because they see other people being asked and they are a leader in the community and they, you know, they're, but they're like, well, why did not you ask me? You know, if you're doing a capital campaign, let's say, or you're doing a planned gift initiative, you know, giving a program and, you know, some leader in the organization isn't asked to make those big gifts, they can be offended. So I think that when you're, the worst thing again is not asking and then also being nervous about the amount I know people often ask me well how much should I ask for and and I think it's really um you know what I try to say to my clients is you know no if you're asking some for too much money so let's say someone were to ask me Susan Susan will you donate a million (laughs) dollars I would, the first thing I would do is laugh because I can't afford to give a million dollars. That's just nowhere in the realm of possibility for me to give. But if someone made a ask that, you know and that's what most donors are going to do if you're completely out of the realm and then you start having a conversation obviously a million dollars is a very high level and hopefully you've done some research before you got to that ask let's say so you're asking for $10,000 or $5,000 or something around those levels and the person says you know i really can't do that right now say i totally understand is that something maybe in the future you would consider doing and again it's about a conversation and turning it back on them and listening to what they have to say
0: Yo, how about if you can't do a million dollars right now, how about a dollar a day for a million days?
1: <laughs> sure. Sounds great.
0: Okay. So the worst thing you could do is not ask. And yes. so we kind of hem and haw around and we hint at it, but we don't get to the ask. And so what's a sample? How do we formulate the ask? Um, do we always ask in a yes or no, or do we put it in a, a range, or how do we make that ask so it, it has some traction?
1: Sure. So, the first thing I would say is you need to do what sounds natural and authentic to you. I have a certain speech pattern. You, you have a certain speech pattern. The listeners have each have their own speech pattern, and you know often gender can be have differences, um, age, race. There are different things about how we speak, and that impacts how you should therefore ask someone for for support because you want to sound like you. Um, so you want the, the key though, is that you're asking the donor to think of a a direct question. So it's not, you know, I, I, or, and you shouldn't be apologizing. So if you say something like, you know, I'm so sorry, I know, I know we've asked you before, but you know, it's that time of year and, and, and uh, would you, would you make a gift? I mean, no one will say yes to that. No one. So you've got to be direct You've got to be confident because, again, your organization needs the money. And this person, hopefully, has the capacity to give and willingness to give and interest in giving. So you want to be direct. You want to be confident. Um, It could be a yes or no. Some people really like the would you consider a or would you invest in. Or um, you can, I I often say, give a specific amount. So will you invest $10,000 in our organization? But sometimes you want to give a range. Maybe the person, you're not really sure their capacity, but you want to sort of see what they'll do. And you'll say, would you give a gift in the range of $1,000 to $10,000, which is where a lot of our leadership level donors give and see what they say. Because again, it's a conversation. It's not just about you making your case and seeing how they answer but it's about that conversation and dialogue
0: so the uh, author and writer simon sinek has yeah. a book that got him recognized to begin with and start with why yes. so we tend to go about what we do instead of why it matters so yes. where do we cover that and how important is the why
1: so hopefully, you know, when you're meeting with the donor, you're getting to know them, you're having rapport building. And then at a certain point, a person is likely going to say, so what are we meeting? Like, what, what what, do you want? And that's your opportunity to start talking about and say, you know, Hugh, I'm so glad we had this opportunity to meet and to talk. And I'm so glad I got to know more about you. I now I wanted to tell you what we're up to and why we need you as par- a leader in our work. And you start to tell them what you're doing and you say the impact and you go through it and you say, you know, Hugh, I really need your help in this. Would you consider a gift? And then make it to the point, again, you want to be clear in your ask. And oftentimes people say, you know, will you give a gift of $10,000 because blah, 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 blah. And they'll talk on for another five minutes and you're not allowing the person to answer. And you want to ask that, you know, it's important to talk about the why and the mission. Absolutely. But then you ask and then you stop talking and you are confident in the silence because no one likes silence and you wait for them to answer and give them a chance to think
0: you heard it right here another sound bite you make you ask the question and you stop talking and you wait you wait so
1: wait, i have done trainings with you know different organizations and i make them ask me for money and then i will put on my phone a timer for 10 seconds and i make them not speak for 10 seconds while i stare at them And I know I look really intimidating for those of you who could see me, but I can be very intimidating. And I really try to make them be quiet for 10 seconds, which is a long, long time, but you've got to do it. You've got to, you've got to be confident that the other person's going to answer yes or no, or maybe, but you don't know unless you give them a chance to do it.
0: What if they say no, what do you do then?
1: If you are hearing a no, that's a good thing because you're, you're asking. And you want to be, if you're not hearing no's, that means you're not asking enough people. So you in your career, you know, as an executive in a nonprofit and as a fundraiser working in a nonprofit, you better be hearing no's. And if you're not, that means you're not asking enough people. So use those no's though as an opportunity for a further conversation. Is it, is this not a priority for you? Is this, um, not right now, you know, people who have three kids in college and they're moving and they're about to sell their business. They may say, you know, right now, I just can't take on any more responsibilities. And of course you say, I completely understand. Can I follow up in six months or a year or four years? Is that the time, you know, you figure out why is it a no? Is it because they don't care about what you do? Great. That means check, move on to the next person. This person doesn't care about what you do why waste your time with them? But if it's a not right now, or, you know, I'm doing this other stuff, but or I'm, I'm still new to you guys. And I want to see what you do. But here's a gift of this size. You know, there's a lot you can learn from someone saying no, if you ask the right questions.
0: Well, if they say no to the specific amount, which is a large amount, do you fall back and ask them, what could you do?
1: Absolutely. You say, what could you do? You could say something like, well, you know, I understand that that may not be possible right now. What would be a meaningful gift for you? I love the word meaningful because it's something that people can decide on their own what that is. But a meaningful set, you know, you're showing that you're investing in them and hopefully they're investing in you and, and ask what would be a meaningful gift for you at this time?
0: So, so I want to go back and contrast the uh, the worst things and then the best things you can do. Um, you've talked about some of the best things, but the worst thing is not asking for the money. One of the worst things is not knowing anything about the donor. And the worst thing is talking about you and not learning about them. So did I learn something there?
1: I mean, all of those are true. The other thing I'll say, which I would call a no-no, is you should not be talking negatively about let's say another donor another a member of the staff another organization cuz you never know who this person knows you may think you know all they know but things that you say may be repeated and often are repeated and you want to make sure that you're coming across in the best light and that your organization's coming across in the best light. And by talking negatively about, let's say there's a competitor for your organization, you're similar, but you do something a little different. And they ask you, what's the difference between your organization and that organization? And I've gotten that question. I know that question. And you have to say, You know, that organization is wonderful. We work together on things. Hopefully that's true. You know, work together on things. I know people who work there. We're good friends and colleagues. And if you want to know what they do, go talk to them. But let me tell you what we're doing right now and bring it back to your organization. Very different than if you were to say, you know, that other organization, they're terrible. They are totally dysfunctional and unorganized. I guarantee that person is that asked you, probably on the board of that other organization, they're oftentimes they're asking for a
0: reason. Well, even, even if they aren't, you're putting negative energy into the discussion. And, yes. and that's really good. And you're defining yourself as a person that needs to be critical. Yes. You know, and maybe they're not getting it that you're criticizing that organization or they don't buy in, but they know they've identified you and we don't need to create any negative emotions in this. And what you suggested, that's a good organization, That's you know, they have a niche, here's our niche, you bring them right back to, and it, that does require what we at Center Vision do for, for organizations is to help them define their vision and mission, their tangible outcomes, you know, people donate to impact, and I'm, we can cover that in a minute, but they want to see they're they're fond of their money. They want to be fond of the impact the money's going to have. So it's ROI. It's return on impact. It's not an internal investment, but we also have created this unique value proposition. What is distinctively different? And hopefully you've done a competitive analysis. So you know what the options are, and then you can speak very brilliantly to what you do differently. So that's another, is that another um, best practice that, that we want to highlight? We're contrasting the bad and the good.
1: Yeah, I think um, the only other thing that I'll also say in terms of the, the bad is I hear often um, that, oh, you know, this, this person, they really should be giving more. Or this person, they, sh- they should have given last year, but they didn't. And that word should. And I want to pause, you know, people in our sector and say, why should they, They, this is a voluntary act, they don't need to give to your organization that's something you are asking of them. Maybe they didn't give the amount that you thought that they would have, but the should is a really um, I, I, I don't like using that word. So, you know, think about why didn't they, you know, if you thought they should have given a major gift or they should have given a capital gift or whatever it is by now think, well, what have we done or what do we know about this person? Again, what did, what else is going on in their world? Do we know enough? Have we asked them um, and try to find out. But you, you should be really careful about, you know, when you're making your plan for the year about who's going to give and how much and how much you want to ask and how you're going to get to your revenue goals, you want to be really careful about saying, well, they should give at least this much because they might not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you don't want to have a negative script in your brain is they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it because that comes across somehow. Yeah. So, um Let's talk about structuring the meeting with the donor. Mm-hmm. And people sometimes hit me up like after a rotary meeting, or people want to hit somebody up they know from church or synagogue. And you know, it's not the right place to do this is doing business. So yeah. how do we need to set up set apart a time? And what i one of my pet peeves is people say, "Let's meet at two o'clock." They never say, how much time they're going to need. I need 20 minutes of your time. Can we start it too? So people do a start time, but they don't think about the duration. So talk about structuring that meeting and what are some of the things we need to be doing?
1: Well, I'll just say on that one point about someone seeing you, I used to work for an organization where I would speak at synagogues often on, on Shabbat, on Saturday mornings. And I was doing that one time. And afterwards, as there often is, there's a lunch and so I was sitting, I was eating a bagel at a table, you know, talking with people. And someone came up to me and was like, I owe you money, don't I? And I'm, you know, mid-bite in bagel. But just, you know, my presence, I guess, reminded them that, oh, I am I, I was supposed to give and I haven't yet. And, and this is a reminder. Now, see, that moment would when I'm in a group of people would not have been the time of, yeah, you know, I can take your check right now. That would, or let's have a conversation about your gift for this year. That would not have been the right time. I think I said something like, oh, thank you so much. I'm honored you remember, you know, just seeing my face reminds you, but, you know, I'll follow up with an email on Monday or tomorrow or something like that. And, you know, we could talk then. And so, you know, I think sometimes when you're in the community and you see people and they know you and they know you're the representative for the organization, they will, They'll start to talk to you about it at all times. And you, you know, you can be in a grocery store even. And do you want to have a real conversation with someone then? Probably not. Um, you might be able to talk quickly, but hopefully you can follow up. So back to your question about how to structure that meeting. I think, you know, I I once had a colleague who always did this and she taught me this, which was when you start a meeting with a donor, whether it's a phone call, a Zoom meeting, in person, whatever it is, you want to clarify how much time you have together. So, you know, like you said, if you only have 15 minutes with the person, and sometimes that'll happen, even when you're in person, they'll say, I'm so sorry, I got another meeting, I have 15 minutes. You then need to adjust and only focus on what you can accomplish in 15 minutes, because you can't develop a long-term relationship in just a 15 minute chunk. Um, you know, maybe you want to talk about a gift and maybe that feels right. Um, but you maybe just want to say, you know, I just wanted to check in. I wanted to tell you about this one thing. I wanted to talk to you about your gift. If you want to talk about that today, I know we don't have a lot of time. We can, or we can schedule another time. So I think starting off, um, with the amount of time you have is a great way to, and and then to talk about, this is what I wanted to talk about today. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise that you're gonna talk to them about giving. Um, You know, again, we're organizations that need funding and how do we get funding, but from donors. So it it shouldn't be um, a surprise. I mean, I I will often even say in asking someone to meet, I'll say, I want to talk to you about your gift for this year. And that's in the email before I even meet with them so that they know and they have a moment to think about, you know, this year maybe I am gonna increase. I've been thinking about increasing, but now finally this year I'm gonna do it. So again, I think giving people the heads up is actually very well received. Um, but yeah, structuring that meeting, you wanna rapport build as much as you can, talk about them, talk about the organization, talk about the mission, talk about that impact. Get into the ask and talk about that. And then at the very end, most, most important, forget everything else, repeat back anything that was said or any next steps. So if you they said, you know, I really wanna see that, you know, video you produced on, you know, the new housing center, whatever it is. You say, I will send that to you by the end of the day tomorrow. Give them when you're gonna send it and then you better do it. Um, if you, they said, I'm going to increase my gift by 10% and I'll send you a check next week, you say, great. Just to repeat back to make sure I heard, you said you were going to increase your gift by 10% and the check will be coming next week. So again, just make sure that you don't leave a meeting and there's any confusion about what was said because that can then lead to a lot of problems later.
0: So we're we're at the end of our time slot, but I have another question that I'm going to ask you to end the interview with a final thought for people because okay. we have a lot of people who don't want to learn how to do fundraiser and they're wearing the executive director hat and pretty much everybody that's in the space of of the nonprofit work bad word but that's what we know um anybody in the space of the the tax exempt work is a part of it we represent the brand and we carry that forward and represent the brand for a donor so we get to check And we say, thank you very much. And then we wait a year and we go back for the next check. What's wrong with that picture?
1: I'm I'm so glad you brought this up. You know, we didn't really talk about donor stewardship, but after you get the gift, first of all, no one wants to be thought of, as I like to call a pocketbook. You don't just want to be someone who, you know, the piggy bank that people go back to and say, okay, can you have my gift now for this year? And is it my time? And you don't want to do that. So it's really important that after a person makes a gift, that they feel really good about making the gift. So who's following up with them to thank them? How many times are they being thanked? Through what medium are they being thanked? Is it a phone call? Is it in person? Is it an email? Is it a letter? Is it all of the above? Is it a video? I mean, there's a lot of different ways we can be creative to thank someone, but make them feel thanked. And it shouldn't just be, you know, the day or two right after they make the gift, because I'll tell you so many times people forget did I make a gift to that organization or did I not last year? And they won't remember if you never talked to them about what happened with their gift. But if you three, four, six months after the gift is made, follow up and say, you know, thank you so much for your gift of XYZ in June of last year. I want to let you know what we've done so far this year. Thanks so much for helping us make it happen. And you shouldn't be asking all the time, but you should be telling them this is what we're doing, even if their money didn't directly relate to this. You know, I all know how budgets are set up and you know general operating and things are restricted, but tell them what your organization is doing. Because even if they didn't go to some restricted area of work, that restricted area of work wouldn't happen without the general operating budget, you know, if the rent wasn't paid. And so maybe that's where their money went. You don't necessarily need to talk about that, but what overall is the impact of the work of your organization? And you're talking to them about it all the time.
0: And you should smile, just like you're seeing Susan do. She's enthusiastic about it. Now we're talking. This is the nonprofit exchange. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Susan Khan, and here's her picture on SapphireFundraisingSpecialist.com. dot com. Sapphire s a p p h i r e fund raising specialists. You can find out all about Susan and her work there and um, go and check her out. There's a contact tab on there. You can contact her with more questions. And this is something everybody needs that's in the the, uh, social benefit sector and the for-purpose enterprise. So Susan, what do you want to leave people with a thought or a tip or concept today?
1: Yeah, I think At the end of the day, this is really hard. And the reason why people are scared to do it is because it's hard and um, no one ever said it wasn't. So it's just really important that you're clear on why your organization exists and why you personally are involved in this work. Maybe you're the one who founded the organization and why do you need the money now? And if you can answer those questions, you're gonna be just fine.
0: Susan Kahn, thank you for being our guest today on The Nonprofit Exchange.
1: My pleasure. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.